much peace. So much peace. <clears throat> I'm going to read a scripture, <clears throat> and then I, I will open it for sharing, but I just felt like the Lord's hijacking the order here a bit. <clears throat> what? Like God could be in charge. That'd be awesome. We kind of do that here. Uh, Lorraine, if you could put up <clears throat> John 17, 20 to the end of the chapter. Uh, NIV's great. Thanks. <clears throat> Got a bit of tape going on here. Thank you, Lord. I just want to pray. Father, I just thank you for what you're doing in the earth. God, I thank you that, as Uncle Steve says, you speak like rain, not like a spigot, that the things that you're saying, you're not just saying to me, you're not just saying to this group, but God, you're speaking in all the earth, and you're preparing for a great harvest. And God, you're getting us ready, you're getting us ready, you're getting us ready. God, I pray that we would have hearts that are soft, hearts, God, that say yes to you, no matter what you ask. God, I just think of Abraham. You came and you said, give me this son of promise that you've been waiting for all these years. And he said, yes. He got up the next day and he went. God, we just say you're worthy. You're worthy. You're worthy. We are worthy. You are the center of all that is. You, God, not us. And we just say yes to your plans and your purposes. We say yes to what you want to do. We say yes to the refining process that you're taking us through individually and as a body. And it's not always pleasant, but it, discipline is necessary. And it shows that you love us. You love us. You love us. So God, I would just say yes. I say yes in my heart. I would invite my brothers and sisters to say yes to the Holy Spirit doing whatever is necessary for him to make us fully alive fully walking into the riches that Jesus paid for on the cross for his body to access. Thank you, God. Just want to read <clears throat> part of the prayer that Jesus prayed just before he went to Gethsemane. <clears throat> Starting at verse 20. My prayer is not for them alone, the disciples. He's just been praying for the disciples. But I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you've given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them, and I will continue to make you known 
in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. Key words, anyone? Any words that are repeated? In them, in all who will believe. What did I heard? I heard some others. In you. Known. Sorry, Lola, what was that? One. Love. Body. Anybody see glory? Why? Tell me about the glory. Look back. Verse 22, I have given them, what? I have given them the glory that you gave me. Past perfect. I have given them the glory that you gave me. What? You got, Lorraine, we're going to camp there for a second. I have given them, Jesus says, I have given to them the glory I had at the beginning, before I was made flesh and blood and came to earth, I have given them the disciples and all who will believe through them the glory that you've given me. What's the rest of the verse? That, most important word right now in the verse, so that or that they may be one. Not so you can run around and jump and dance and evangelize particularly, but so that the body would be one. So sometimes we're after the glory. We're after the glory. More glory, God, more glory. Let me see your glory. What happened when Moses asked for the glory? I want to see you, God. I want to see the glory. And God said, okay, I'll show you Show you my goodness. He saw the backside of God. And here's what I think. I feel like God is just saying more glory would come when you use the glory to love one another. More glory is going to come when we use the glory to love one another, when we're really one. So we're going to talk about that a little bit more. I'm going to give you a chance to share. Welcome if you're visiting. And I look up and see people <laughs> who are visiting. Um, welcome. And the goal of, of the glory is that the body can be one. Because, turns out, I in them and you in me, that they may be brought to complete unity to let the world know. That you have sent me and have loved me even as you have loved them, even as you've loved me. There's so much available, so much available. And the Lord is saying, love one another. Love one another as I have loved you. Lay down your life. And the only way we're going to do that is if we're pretty dead, you know, because we're really different. We have different styles. We have different opinions and preferences. We do this. We do life differently. But we need the diversity of the body to express the fullness. Even then, how, how do we express the fullness of who Christ is? 
God is calling us to a new level of love. I, I said something to Bruce this morning, and we were talking about not wanting to offend, and, and they said particularly, I think that person's pretty unoffendable, and I'm like, yes, yes, mission accomplished. We are mature when we can say people in our midst are unoffendable. Hallelujah. The glory is coming. Because when we love one another, we know that, that we're, we're in Christ. We're not all the same. We're not all at the same place. But the blood of Christ covers us. So I just want just to wanna recount this. Um, I've, I've told it before, but I felt like God was bringing it back to my remembrance during worship. Once at an early morning prayer meeting with Suzanne and Michelle, the Lord showed me the three of us running up to this castle gate. And we were these little girls that were complete street urchins. We were in tattered rags. And we were dirty and our hair was matted and we had bare feet. And we ran up to the castle door. And the door opened to us and we were just guided into this ballroom, this magnificent royal ballroom with sparkling chandeliers and floors and walls and draperies that were just astounding and we just felt like we didn't belong we didn't belong and lo and behold out came the crown prince himself out came the crown prince and he began to dance with us and <clears throat> as only can happen in the spirit he was dancing with each of us individually and all of us at once i don't know how that works and we were dancing and because we were so small we were standing on his feet like little girls do sometimes with their daddies. And we were standing on his feet, and he began, the music began, and we just began to twirl around the room and twirl around the room and twirl around the room. And, and each time as I saw the little girl, one of whom was me, the little girls passed on each turn, and each time they were cleaner, and they were dressed in little socks and with lace and bows in their hair and cute dresses. and. And they were just like God was transforming them, and he was making them new. And each time as they turned, as they made a sweep of the room, the little girl became a, an older child. And then she became a teenager, and then she became a young woman. And then she was ready to be the bride. And God just said, you know, this journey is, is meant to be joyful. This journey is a process, but just keep in step with me and trust me and, and, and enjoy the dance. And I will bring you to completion. I will present you. I will present you in me complete and whole. I will finish the good work I've begun in you. And I, I just think it's, it's, it's just a picture I never want to lose sight of. Because as much as, you know, discipleship and training and equipping and all of those things, is kind, you know, it can be kind of systematic. There's an army side to, to this journey. But the ultimate story is a love story the ultimate story is a love story the ultimate story is that he's preparing a bride and you know michelle nurse and i are we're we have our kids are getting married my son her daughter it's going to be glorious there's all this preparation going on for this wedding you know chisholm's have a, a son getting married in july jacob's getting married there's all this preparation going on this excitement so as we talk about you know being conformed to the image of Christ. Please don't take offense. 
if I'm talking about you, that's just the Holy Spirit. Because he, he's nailing me. <laughs> like he's, I'm talking about me. When I talk about these things, it's because God is doing something in me. And he's doing it in us. Because we're one. We're meant to be one. And so I just ask you, in the name of Jesus, when you have something that bothers you, take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord and say, God, let's look at this together. Why am I bothered? And so it looks like I'm going to say more than I thought I was going to say. So making a guest list. And the kids were there. Michelle was there. And I have a very small family now. And um, not all of my remaining family, none of my remaining family is in Christ. And honestly, I didn't want someone to be there that by rights should be there. And it's going to be a very, very small reception. And I got a little annoyed at Nathaniel. And I was like, that will just change the whole day if that person is there. That will change the day for me. I will not be my best self, which is a silly thing to say. And I think the kids just kind of looked at me like, who are you, Pastor Sue? Where does Pastor Sue go? And so, you know, that night and the next day, I was like, okay, obviously, God, you and I have to talk about this. And I'm like, oh, God, this was resolved years and years ago. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of the stuff that you thought was resolved years ago, and God is going, we're, we're not quite done. I got the, I got the light, and I'm, I'm going deeper. And I don't want any residue. I don't want, any, I don't want anything left of stuff that hinders you. Hebrews says, let us, because we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off the stuff that so easily hinders us so we can run the race freely. You know, the rocks in the well, the snake in the well, the things that keep the flow of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, I talked it over with the Lord. And I'm like, oh, God, I still got unforgiveness for this person. Can't believe it. I was like, yeah, no surprise there. I mean, I've, he's seen it all the time, right? And so I brought it to the Lord. And I said, whatever you want to do, what if this is the opportunity for you to save that guy? What if? Right? And God just washed it away. And it's just like, and, you know, when you give those things over, God's going to take you to a new level. Because you're healed. You're healed on a new level. And so I invite you, whenever the Holy Spirit puts his finger on something, and you know how it manifests? This is how you know. You'll be really ticked off. Whenever you're really frustrated and really annoyed or really angry, then just sort of look, your, look at yourself you know, hold up your little mirror and go, what is going on? That doesn't look like Jesus in that mirror. Right? And just take it to the Lord and say, what does it take for me to look more like you? Do it. Because I'm tired of that old person, you know? That old person got nailed to the cross, and if they're coming back at you, that's creepy. That person is dead, Right? they're coming out of the grave to get you, watch out. It's not going to be good. You died. It's no longer I who lives. It's Christ who lives in me. The life I live, I live by faith 
in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Okay, I think I'm supposed to stop now. There's no promise that I won't start again. But does someone have something they would like to share? Everybody does. Line up now. Just what Sue just said, I, I uh, want to give God the glory. I um, have had in my life um, impatience and tolerance, not with other people, but with myself. So if I'd lose something or misplace anything, I'd get mad at myself. I'd yell at myself. I'd scream at myself. I'd get all crying. Why, God? And um, God's been dealing with it, but... Um, you know, it's been a slow process because it would keep happening over and over again. And I would see very little transformation. And uh, I'd keep saying, God, you know, come on. I want to get this over with. Well, about three weeks ago, I was shopping. And when I got home, I just put my purse down because I'm exhausted. So I go lay down. And then a week or more later, I go to get my purse and all my ID is gone. Everything is gone. And so for three or four days, I've been kind of, okay, Lord, this is a good test, what Sue was saying. <laughs> this is a really good test for me, and I'm going to pass it this time. I'm tired of yielding to the flesh. I'm tired of the enemy getting the victory in this. And so I was at peace. God gave me a supernatural peace. And then three or four days went by, and I thought, okay. This piece is wonderful, but I need to find my ID. I need to know, you know, where this stuff is. So I called upon everybody on my text. Please pray for me. I've lost this. So then the test now amps up a bit because now I have people every two or three days, have you found your wallet? Have you found your wallet? Have you found your wallet? No, but God is doing something, and I'm standing, and every time before it would bring me into um, more depth of anger, frustration. Um, uh, anyway, yielding to the enemy, <laughs> you know. And this time, every time I'd, I'd just say no and thank you, Jesus, and the peace would be there. And so then um, I, on. Uh, Oh, boy, when was it? I think Thursday or Friday. I can't remember what day. I had gone, and I had gotten all my bank cards. I went to Hope and to Chilliwack and got all my bank cards, new bank cards, so at least I could access my money and do my business. So whatever day it was, I lost those. And I thought, okay, fine. This is getting too ridiculous for words. But I didn't get angry. I kept in peace, and I said, okay, this is, I, I started, actually what I did, I started to cry. That's what I did. I said, I can't go through this again, God. I just can't. You know, it's been three uh, little months, you know, days, and I thought, okay, you know, and I just started crying. I said, God, help me. Please help me. I, I'm acing this as far as I can understand, but this is getting a little much. So... I went, and I decided that I was going to pack up my winter clothing and bring them to Sunshine Valley. And so I was packing up things and packing and moving things around. And I came to a box 
which <laughs> had some vegetables in it that weren't in too good shape. And I moved it, and in behind I saw a glass jar of olive oil, and I love to have olive oil, so I keep it in the dark, but it was turned over. So I reached in behind, and in behind, underneath the chair, was my ID. And I have never put anything there. My purse wasn't there. Nothing was there, but there was my ID. Well, I was so excited, you know. And then I go, and I find in another pocket my other ID. So I was rejoicing. I, I was so excited for God to have brought that forth and for me to find it when I least expected it, you know, it wasn't something I was looking for at the time and in a place where I would never have thought it would be. But God, that finding the, the ID wasn't the most important thing. The most important thing was the peace. The peace that I walked through and the rejoicing wasn't only because of the ID, it was because God had done a work in me that I had been... I've been wanting for a long time because it's no fun. It is no fun. But it, you know, and I, I, I kept remembering, you know, cast your cares upon God and see what he's going to do. Don't look at what the enemy's going to do. See what he's going to do. And um, it's, it's kind of sealed that now in me that no matter what he throws at me, I'm just going to cast it on God, and I'm going to see what he's going to do with it. I'm not going to look at what the enemy's trying to do with it. I'm going to look at what God's going to do with it, and I, I'm just so thankful for that work. Um, yeah. Just a, another little application of what Sue was talking about. Um, the other day I woke up really early, like 1.30, and the Lord reminded me of um, the incident that happened to me in grade five. Very embarrassing. A good, oh well, uh, the details aren't important, but um, I, um, there was the friend that had come to visit me and we were moving away. It was the last time I was going to see him. And as he left, I said something that I intended to be funny, but was actually pretty embarrassing and not good. And my, my dad let me know that that wasn't good afterwards. <clears throat> and so I was asking the Lord, why did you bring this up? This is really embarrassing. And and he assured me that it was not because he was condemning me. I mean, I was in grade five. I didn't really know any better at the time, or was just learning. But he said, um, to the extent that you think of how your words will affect the hearers, and you make every effort to say what will bless and build up, to that extent, you're more like me. To the extent that you think of how your words will affect the hearers and you make every effort to say what will bless and build up, to that extent you are more like me. So that's, that's my test for me. <laughs>
couple weeks ago, um, when we were, I was at church here, we were talking to somebody. Something interesting happened while I was talking to this person. They were saying how they had sold their place and moved into another place. And as this person was speaking to me, I heard the word spaghetti. I kept hearing this word spaghetti in my mind. And I kind of put it off for a minute because I says, it, it doesn't sound right. And I believe it was from the Holy Spirit. So I really felt a strong urging to say this word spaghetti. So I asked this person, I said, this might sound strange, but I'm hearing the word spaghetti over you. Does that mean anything? And the per there you go. That was good. Pretty saucy, she said. And so what was funny is that she thought about it for a moment, and she says, well, she says, what's interesting is, is when I moved into my place, it was empty, of course, and she says, I went into the kitchen, and she said, I went into the cupboards, and there was nothing there except for spaghetti, packages of spaghetti. And I believed instantly what the Lord was wanting to share, and I think it's for all of us, is that he knows what's in our cupboards. I didn't know that. That's a word of knowledge for that person to know that there's a message in this and that he provides. He'll provide when there's nothing. He's letting that person know, I'm going to provide for you. And what's also interesting is that he knows what's in our cupboards. He knows what we have. But he also knows what we don't have, what we lack or what, what, what's empty in our life. So it's just kind of a little message. Don't worry. He has it. And that to ask and keep asking because he will provide. Thank you. Um, well, that sort of worked pretty good, didn't it? I'm, I'm wondering as to how many of you have ever had an angelic experience? An, an angelic experience angelic? where you've actually had an angel. Good for you. Where you've actually, good, good. Um, I was around about 30, 33 years ago, I was, I was in my workshop in Ontario and I was probably from about here to the door, away from the door. I was working on something, I forget what it was I was working on. But um, it was at around about seven o'clock in the morning. We just had a, a fresh little bit of snow, maybe about, oh, an inch or two of snow on the ground. <coughs> the um, a fellow walked in the door and he said to me, he said, the Lord has heard your desire. No, the Lord has heard your request. 
and he will fill the desire of your heart. And I looked at him, and I said, what did you say? And he turned around, and he walked out the door. And I thought, wait a minute, no, get back here. I, I went running to the door, I, I opened up the, the both doors going into my shop. And there was nobody in the parking lot. The parking lot was probably about three times the size of this, of this room. And there's no car tracks coming in, no footprints other than my own, which were partially filled with snow, because I'd been there for around about three quarters of an hour. And, but there's no, there's no set of tracks coming in or going back out of my shop. Anyway, that was a, that was a, and like the, the request that he, it, it happened in the next 24 hours, but, and it was basically to teach me about fear I've never had very much of a fear for anything really, um, other than snakes. I can't stand them. I got to kill them or see them. And I just, I have to kill them. I just, I'm sorry, but I, I mean that way. <laughs> but um, fear holds back most of us. Um, it's a, it's a fear of. It's just, it's a fear of man-made things that that stand in our way of God, fear is the enemy's main weapon. We need to ignore fear completely. The only thing we need to fear is fear of God. That is it. Anyway, the second angelic experience I had was I was down in Louisiana, and we just bought a, a very old, broken down motor home in Florida, and we were heading over to Texas. And uh, we had a, down in Louisiana, I don't know if you've ever been there or not, but quite often they get like a sideways rain. It's like not a straight down rain, but it's a, it's a 45 degree angle, a 30 degree angle rain, and it just big raindrops. I'm, I'm talking snowball raindrops here, like they're big raindrops. And of course, uh, the, the old motorhome we bought, it was, it was leaking a lot of water. It was the water dripping in all the ceiling. I thought, oh my God. <laughs> anyway, I pulled into a Flying J. Um, the Flying J parking lot was probably about 10 times at least the size of the Flying J parking lot here in Hope. It, I mean, it was huge. It was early in the day, around about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and by that time of the day, the truckers were all left or on the road, and they usually come in at nighttime. I pulled into this, into this parking lot because just so much water dripping everywhere. And uh, I, went, I went up on the roof, and like I parked right back in the back corner of the parking lot, okay, because I thought I might be here for a while, and I don't really want to be interrupted. So I parked way in the back. There's nobody back there at all. No, the, the entire thing was empty anyway. And I was up on the roof with a garbage bag, and I'm putting the garbage bag over top of what I could, hoping that it might stop the rain. And, and a, a guy yelled out to me. He says, how you doing up there? And I, I looked over the edge and said, well, I'm not doing too bad. How are you doing? And I went back to playing around doing what I was doing. He says, you having problems? I said, yeah. I said, I got a water leak up here someplace. I'm not sure where the water's coming from. He said, I can't seem to find it. He said, you know, he said, I used to own, I still hadn't looked at him a second. I, he said, I used to own an old motorhome. And he said, you know what I found out? I said, what's that? He said, he said, it had an aluminum roof on it. And he said, the aluminum roof, he said, I could never find the leak. But he said, the leak is actually the aluminum. It gets pitted after a while. He says, little pinholes literally all over the roof. He says, and you can't find out where it's coming from. It's coming from everywhere. I mean, the whole roof leaks. And I said, oh. And I looked over, and he was gone. I thought, where did this guy go to? I mean, like, it's, it's a good quarter mile all the way around me here. Like, he, he can't, I mean, like, you, you can't get away that fast. It just, it was, it's it just, I was flabbergasted. Anyway, 
I went over to I went over to over to um, Mathis, Texas, where we were bound for, and I got some rubberized paint and I painted the roof of the of the motor home, and that solved the problem. It was it was uh, basically was leaking all over the place, but we have to be we have to be cautious about what we are fearful of. We do not please do not fear anything in the world, nothing at all, whether it's pandemics or whether it's, it's authorities or whether it's government or it just refuse to be, to show any fear whatsoever. We are to fear one thing and one fear only and that's God. Do not fear anything else. I mean, he gets, if you look in the, in the last book of Revelations in the last chapter of Revelations, I think it says that, that the, the cowardly, uh, the warmongers and the, and the will never even see the kingdom of heaven. Well, cowardly, guess what they are? They're fearful. They're not fearful of God. They're fearful of everything in the world. If you want to, if you want God to speak to you on a regular basis, you should have no fear. If you if you mess up and you well, you know what? I I I should have gone and talked to that person, but I didn't want to because I, I felt like the Lord the Lord told me to go do something and I didn't go do it. It doesn't matter. If you make a mistake, it doesn't matter. The whole thing is a lot. God looks down at your children and says. Look at that, my, my child, he, he really screwed up here. I, I didn't tell him to say that. He thought, I, I, he thought this is what he wanted me to do. But you know what? God loves you even more because you weren't fearful. You stepped forward and, and you, you took a leap of faith and you, you tried to please God. And God realizes that. He's not going to chastise you for, for oh, I, I didn't say that. And I'm going to chastise you for it. He's your father. He's not going to get angry with you. He's going to love you even more because you're trying like there are some people in here that are that are. <laughs> there's going to be a heavy anointing coming on them very very soon. Like you were saying this morning, your little vision you had there when you're praying that isn't a vision. That's very much a reality. <coughs> yeah, it's very very. Read Zechariah chapter three sometime, please. It'll be it's 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 your it's your vision right there in Zechariah three. But you're going to have a. Strong anointing dropped on you, girl. You really are. There's a number of you in here that are that are due. Suzanne, <laughs> what we were talking about this morning. You haven't seen nothing yet, girl. <laughs> Look out, it's coming your way. And my brother there. Hi there. You got a you have a strong anointing on you as well. It's gonna happen on you. Anyway, that's about Jaderson, you got something to say, bud? I think there's an angel theme going on here. What do you yeah. think? Yeah. How do you put this thing on here? Um, this is going to be a very short story. A long time ago, a man came up to me and said, Do you believe in Jesus? You believe in heaven? No, go away. Leave me alone. So I was about 18 years old in foster care in, in, in Surrey, 
And uh, my room was in the attic. You know what an attic is? Yeah. Okay. And I had a skylight. No, I know you know what a skylight is. And so in that room, I was it? Uh, oh, yeah, I had a dream. And God showed me a meteorite crashing the earth. And everybody's screaming and dying and stuff like that. And when God showed me that dream, I was like, <clears throat> you know, I woke up. And so the next morning, I went in the shower. And uh, just, I was in the shower for like five hours and crying like a baby, just crying and crying. Couldn't stop crying. So I was saying to myself, if God showed me this meteorite crashing the earth, there must be more to it than just that. So I prayed to God in that room, prayed to Jesus in that room, and a woman's voice came to me and said, go home to Brazil, Chad. Okay. And then uh, another three days, or two days, I was sitting on the desk, and there was a skylight. And uh, the sun was in the middle, and all of a sudden, I saw these two beautiful angels appear. They had wings, um, tan white skin, blonde hair, um, what was it? golden gate, golden sidewalk, beautiful bricks, and uh, the angels on the left and the other wings, and they bowed their head and smiled and closed their eyes. They had like a cloth, kind of a wind, I don't know what you would call that. But anyways, they had a sword, golden hand, a silver blade. But when they bowed their heads and closed, bowed their heads and smiled and closed their eyes, when I made one move of my body, it was gone. And ever since that day or that time, I gave my life to Jesus. Jaderson came to me at the beginning of the service and shared that uh, story with me. Do, do, do you think that we're in the move of God right now? God, God, is, God is in this. And, and when he finished the story and he said that the angels nodded to him and then they took off, and, in, and the, the other things that you heard, he was in foster care at the time. Um, I said, you know, God was telling you, it's going to be okay. Whatever you're in today, whatever uh, situation you're in, or as Henry said, something you might be afraid of, or Sue shared about things in your, you know, things that we're, we're holding on to. I've got things I'm holding on to. I need to let them go. It's going to be okay. God is telling us today, it's going to be all right. I mean, I, I've, I've had that about um, with my wife, with the God is healing her of cancer, but I have had that promise through all of all of this, and I need it reaffirmed all the time because sometimes I, 
I don't, I, I don't hold on to it. I don't grasp it. But today, remember that whatever you're in, whatever you're going through right now, God's got it. God's got it. And we don't need to be fearful of anything. Right, Teresa? Yeah. Jesus, Jesus. I mean, he's, he's, he, he's here right now to touch you, to touch us. There's, and there, there's so many things going on. Like he is taking us to a new place. And he, and he always does that. Change is the thing that's constant with Jesus. Not staying the same. Because there's so much more that he has for us. So much, much more. Bless you. Bless you. I, I, I when, when <laughs> Henry got up and was talking about angels, and, and I think it was referred to before, I, I tried to turn and, and get, get my brother's eyes to say, you need to get up there and share what you shared with me. But God spoke to him, and he came and said, oh, I, I want to share that here. I said, good, you do that. Praise God. Two double Bibles, that's why. <laughs> double anointing there. But thanks for sharing. And Michelle, it just confirms everything that everybody... I was reading this morning, and it just hit me. I'm just going to read, read the word. Now, when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him, and suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, that the boat was covered with waves, and he w but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? And I thought, Oh my gosh. And there's other versions that doesn't say you shouldn't. It said you must not fear. So I was kind of struggling whether I should share this, and then Michelle said that, and then Henry, you came up, and fear not, fear not, fear not. Because we are surrounded in his goodness. He's our father. My daughters, I don't want anything happening to them. And I'll do whatever it takes. I want them to learn and I want them to grow. But you know what? I never want them to be hurt. Ever. Ever. And how much more does God, the father of us, the father of creation, love us? Oh, so why do we fear, right? Why? We have the greatest father in the universe taking care of us. He's just allowing us to go through these things so we can grow, so we can become who he's created us to be in his glory. And so I'm just so thankful for today and thankful for the body, like Sue said, the body when we love each other, his glory is going to come because of our love for each other. <laughs> that was exciting. I've never experienced a body like this before where we all love each other and we all care about each other. I believe every single person in this congregation absolutely loves everyone. We might not see things the same th way, but we're going to see the glory because we love each other. So fear not. Amen. Thank you.
church may not always look like it used to, <laughs> but that you are transforming hearts and lives, and that's uh, that's what you're about. So we bless you, and we uh, we thank you for for each one, and how incredible it is when um, the Bart parts of the body respond to the signals from the head and act and speak in step with your spirit it's it's an amazing thing but it's not surprising because the head is amazing god we bless you and we thank you we ask you to continue continue to do what you're doing and um, keep us humble and uh, grateful having thankful hearts lord and um yeah, just to go forward in faith and excitement uh, for who you are and all that you have in mind for each of us, for all of us, and for uh, this place that you've placed us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that was fun. <laughs> you just never know what, what God is going to do. <laughs> have a blessed week. He is good.